Welcome to the Audit Podcast, the number one podcast for the audit profession. Be sure to check the show notes for all of our social media channels and to sign up for the Audit Podcast newsletter. Now, here's your host, Trent Russell. This podcast is sponsored by Green Skies Analytics, where they do everything tech-related, but only for internal audit. Although compliance and risk management, y'all are cool too, so feel free to check it out also. To find out more, please visit greenskiesanalytics.com, but it's more likely that you're just going to Google it. So to find out more, please Google Green Skies Analytics. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Audit Podcast. Today on the show, we have Vinny Beekler, who leads the internal audit department at Malibu Boats. Some areas that we hit on with Vinny include what CAEs are measured against if they were undergoing an evaluation from their C-suite peers, which I always think is interesting. The number one issue that Vinny's been talking about with his CAE peers, and if he was going to start an internal audit department with an unlimited budget, how would he build it? And then how would Vinny like to be audited? I always think it's interesting to get the auditees, or whatever you might call them, um, perspective, and so... Uh, we talk about that a little bit and then a common theme amongst the high performing auditors that we've seen on the show and outside of the show is that they are learners and that they have a growth mindset and so that's something that um, definitely is in line with Vinny and so we talk about the advice on how to develop that growth mindset and then how Vinny himself continually learns as an internal audit leader here we go for the listeners of the show that have listened routinely, they're probably like, yep, we know, Van, you say this all the time. Um, but the focus for 2023 has kind of been like, let's get the CAE perspective. There's not a lot of um, tools out there, books, webinars, et cetera, groups that go, hey, this is how you be a CAE. But there's plenty of, this is how CEO, CFO, and all that. So we're, that's what we're trying to get this year. Um, so with that said, what do you feel like as a CAE you're measured against if you're undergoing an evaluation from your C-suite peers? What are they looking for from you? So I would say, uh, you know, just adding value. And I know that's kind of a cliche thing to say, but um, when, I, when I look at this, uh, I think about it from uh, the, the value proposition. And I know that I put that, put out a, a document a, a while ago about, the value proposition. I do like like those categories of assurance, insight, and objectivity. And I think, um, you know, we need to consider our stakeholders and, and what they find valuable. And I think that's another aspect and just getting the feedback of um, one, of, one of the things that I think is helpful is, is doing like stakeholder surveys and, and getting the getting the feedback from your stakeholders what do they want internal audit what it what do you want from us you know like what should we be doing and the stakeholders really tell you and you, you know our stakeholders including the c-suite are our customers so they it's really up to them what's important to them and yeah. how we get evaluated and whether we're actually adding value uh, so i think it's important to basically say what should we be doing? What do you want us to do? And how can we actually help and not just be a compliance function that's checking boxes? Yeah. Uh, so how do you know you're actually adding value? Well, ask your stakeholders, ask the C-suite and get the, get the, their feedback. And now that's going to include some education at times because some of these guys and gals, you know, folks, they don't, 
they don't really know what internal audits mm -hmm. be doing. So that's where we've got to educate and, um, you know, talking back, back to that value proposition, like this is what internal audit is. So there's an educational component to that with the C-suite. And, um, so I think one of my favorite quotes from the show, and it was pretty early on, but it's from Amanda Jo Irvin and it was, and I can't remember the context, but it was just ask. Yeah. And that you said, yeah. you said something similar and I was like, man, that's so good. Like, like just ask it in worst case and out of the context you were talking about, but if just asking for, Hey, I want this new tool or I want this new audit, you know, management system or something like just ask for it. worst case. They say, no, at least they know right. that they want it. You know, at least it's on their radar. So I really like that. Yeah. yeah. I think in addition to that, just with the audit committee, it's, I mean, another set of your stakeholders being your, your audit committee that you report to or whatever governing board is called, um, getting that feedback from them as well. You know, where, where do you want, what do you want from internal audit? I think it's, Sometimes it's like, we're trying to figure it out and we're, we're struggling and trying to figure out what we should be doing and how can we take to the next level. But, uh, you know, I'm guilty many times of not just asking them a question. I'm like, what do you want us to do? Yeah. Uh, cause I'm trying to tell them what I think we should do. And, um, you know, these are typically experienced folks and they, they at least have some idea of what they want out of internal audit. So I think it's a helpful thing to just get that feedback. So I'm going to put it on you then. And it's a very difficult question to answer, I feel like, for a lot of folks. But as a CAE, what do you want? I want I do want to add value to the organization by enabling them to accomplish their objectives, you know, to, to help the organization meet its objectives and add value in that way and the most meaningful objectives to the organization. And on the flip side of that, help them manage risk, not help them manage risk, but pro provide assurance that risks are being managed to those main objectives yeah. um, and have a seat at the table, you know, to, to be um, part of, part of the discussion about what, where we're going as an organization and not just an after the fact audit function. And, you know, to be able to provide that insight on making things better and managing risks going forward, you know, instead of after the fact audit being brought in and say, now audit this, mm -hmm. it's helping, you know, in, in more of an advisory capacity. Um, and, and, you know, internal audit not being viewed as a necessary evil, um, but as a helpful partner and an advisor. So that's, big picture what what i would want to do um and it's you know it's an uphill battle everywhere you go yeah and i think when i hear the folks that i've talked to that have said something to the effect of see the table it's not an ego driven thing like i feel like i deserve it you know it's it's the almost classic odd like we're here to help like we want to help you know like genuinely want to help and i think right. that's where it comes from yeah well, and it, it definitely should, and I'm not going to say there's never a temptation to like that. Some of it, you know, can be a little bit mixed with the pride and like mm -hmm. I'm, you know, I want to feel important, but it should be a servant leadership type of thing where it's why am I here? I'm here to help, and I want to serve a purpose, and I want to you know make the company better and feel good about what I do, 
um, you know, and truly adding value and helping and, um, and, you know, like I said, there's, there's sometimes a mixture of your pride gets involved there, but you've got to battle that and be more of a servant. Well, maybe outside of see at the table, what's the, what's the number one issue you've been talking to about with your CAE peers? Well, it's, that's kind of the main one, but, and it's sort of like around the concept of, I'll say it in a different way, not an expectations gap, but an, like an understanding gap with the shit stakeholders about what internal audit does Mm -hmm. and, um, what it's supposed to do and trying to, you know, get that, um, get the resources to do what you want to do for with to the things that we've already kind of been talking about, but it's like, um, you have to educate and I'm, I'm, I'm we're certainly repeating some themes here, but, um, there is an, a, a, an educational aspect to this where this is what you want internal audit to be and do, and this is what it's supposed to do. So let us help you. And, um, so teaching them things about the three lines model and what, what's going on with what's, how does enterprise risk management relate to internal audit and, and objectives and risks and all that stuff. So it's kind of the uphill battle in the organizations that I've been in. A lot of times there's, um, it's a newer internal audit function. That's, that's kind of come about because of socks. Mm-hmm. And then you're trying to grow it into what internal audit ultimately should be. And so, because it's always just been socks, um, it's hard to get that to that next level of providing the third line of defense across all objectives, categories, yeah. and options, financial reporting. All right. So you mentioned, um, a lack of resources and being able to get all those resources as something that's, uh, a need for. I would say most internal audit departments, but if you were to start an internal audit department with an unlimited budget, how would you build that? Well, I think, I think it's always wise to start risk. So, so I think I would start with the risk assessment. So really building out your audit universe by starting with an enterprise risk assessment, starting really with the objectives of the organization. Mm And then getting with executive management and or audit committee and, and determining, you know, basically building out enterprise risk management with the, the way to back that into here's what we're going to audit against because we've, now we know our key risks and now we know what we need to audit because we basically know, you know, for those key risk areas, how we're going to manage those risks. And so you basically, you're building out an audit universe that way. And then, um, you know, applying from that point you figure out, all right, well, here's our audits. And what, once you do your sort of annual risk assessment and figure out how many audits you've got to audit, then you back into, well, these are the resources I need. It's either going to be, um, in, in-house resources or I'm going to outsource, you know, and you're, so you're basically building it out, starting with risk. Um, and determining how many hours all that's going to take. And then you're, you're building your team, um, by some combination of in-house 
outsourced. Um, then you think about, so you got people, that's, so that's your kind of your people aspect. And then you've, you've got processes you need to build out. Um, so you've got to get your, you got to determine your audit methodologies and your programs and all that stuff, but then systems. So if I have unlimited resources, I'm going to select a good GRC tool. that's going to help me enable all of that. And I guess I probably shouldn't name any specifics on here. I don't know <laughs> how that works, but I don't um, care. Yeah. I mean, I, I've, I'm used teammate. Well, I haven't used teammate recently, but I have before, but audit board, I found really to be a, a good, good tool set. Yeah. Uh, work Eva as well. But I think obviously that's, it's very key to have that because the, you know, your audit universe and all your risks and everything being together, it's really good to have a GRC tool that, that they all talk to each other and you don't have to go into spreadsheets and change stuff multiple places and everything's linked up and mapped and much more efficient to have a, a tool that enable that. So people processes and systems, um, and then it's training program and, you know, certifications and, you know, having some, some really good, robust training for your team and, uh, making sure everybody's getting their CPE every year from, from there and, um, key, key performance indicators. And, um, so then you're, you kind of building out your shop that way and, um, maintain from there, continuously grow and improve. You got to get your quality assurance improvement program mm -hmm. up, propped up and, and get your every once every five years, get your outside uh, assessment performed and um so that's the dream that's where you, that's what that's what i want to do um and what i'm trying to do all right so those are all my kind of selfish questions i say so that's everything that i want to know or everything that or or areas that we've had folks that listen to the show go hey i want to hear more about this or this from from cae <laughs> so that's from their perspective so selfishly i'm done um but i know like what we talked off air, we'll say, uh, some of the things that you wanted to hit on is how you would want to be audited. And I right. love that question because I think if you've been in those shoes before, like you've been audited, even if it's yeah. a PCAOB thing, like if you're in public accounting, like you know what it feels like to be audited. And so you can empathize with those folks a little bit more that we are right. auditing, but how, how would you want to be audited? Well, part of it, I would say is, you know, you want it to be risk-based. You don't want people nitpicking and, and, you know, finding some little thing for the sake of finding something on a report, you know, the old cliche, I'm an auditor, I need to, they got to have a way to justify their existence. So there's going to be a, some kind of finding. Well, I mean, if there's not real risk going on, I don't think we should have any findings. We should be basically starting from a risk-based approach and identifying the key, you know, controls, risks, uh, key objectives, areas, and focusing there. Um, and so just one of the things that I, I know is like auditors have that um, reputation sometimes of just being nitpicky and having a, having a finding for the sake of having a finding. 
I, none of us want to be treated that way, you know, because of course you can find something that somebody mm-hmm. did some, some T wasn't crossed or some I wasn't dotted and it's like, but that's not really adding value. And so going back to that, let's really add value to the organization and actually be helpful, you know, help the organization get better. And, and if I'm a, let's say I'm a, a manager of a, a department or whatever, uh, in the company, I would want internal audit to help me get better, help me do my job better and, and, and provide that advice, counsel, you know, process improvement, make things better, not come in and nitpick me for something that I already know about that doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. So kind of thinking about material, uh, material issues. And so that's one thing. And then just, um, you know, communication on findings is another area. Like this is all sort of golden rule type of stuff. But, you know, if, if you've got findings, then definitely want to communicate with the, the customer first, the client first and share with them what you're thinking on a preliminary basis, have the discussion and just be open and, um, not blindside and not put something in a report that they're not aware of. And, you know, um, you don't want to go over somebody's head and, and send a report to their boss or their boss boss. And then if you haven't had done your due diligence, end up finding out that there's some rational reason why that was done the way it was done. And then you have egg on your face and all yeah. that. I think that's one of the ways that um, things I've seen in the past where, we get overzealous and you put some finding in the report and then it's like, did you ask management about it? Did you, <laughs> did you talk to them about this or did you just like throw it on a report? So, um, and we don't want to be treated that way either. Right. So the, one of the other things that you were especially passionate about when we talked about, you know, what kind of topics are, are of interest to you was, um, basically being a high performing auditor and how to go about that. And so that's a, that's a common theme that we've seen amongst high-performing auditors is that they are learners. That's one of their strengths and they have a growth mindset. Um, yeah. I know that, that those are the areas you hit on. So what advice would you give on developing that growth mindset? And then what do you do to continually yeah. learn? So some of it is a mindset of just curiosity. Yep. I think it's, uh, internal audit is fun because you, you see a lot. I mean, you see within an organization, you see a broad spectrum and of processes and learn systems and all that. But but just bringing to work every day this mindset of it's exciting to learn new stuff and we can learn every day. And I think just just having that curiosity about you, just like the you know five whys and why, just asking why a lot. Just be like the little three year old kid that asks why all the yeah. time. And I really think it's um, there's something about wiring of good internal auditors that that they are wired that way with that curiosity and with that desire to learn more every day. And um, I think you. In some ways, you can't really teach that, but I think you can develop it more. But some people just naturally have that, and uh, I think that does make for really good internal auditors um, because there's so much that they're looking at, and there's so many different areas, and it just keeps it interesting and fresh. And then, meanwhile, like 
if you're enjoying that, you don't even probably realize how, how much you're learning because you're just enjoying your work and you're, you're engrossed in it. And you look up a few years later and you're, you know, you're one of the experts within yeah. the company about all these different processes and, um, which is another reason why I think internal audit is such a great training ground for people to, you can be, you know, obviously stay in internal audit and grow and to, you know, be a CAE on your own someday, or you can go and do something else, whatever suits your fancy, what you're interested in and what you've learned from the internal audit, you can go into the business and and do all kinds of different things, but that's because of that growth mindset and how much you learn in internal audit. And I think it's a, a really good training ground, which one of the other things with, when you asked earlier, what I would want to do is, you know, have maybe rotational development where, you know, as the comp as the internal audit function and the company grows, you know, let internal audit be part of a rotation that, that people are doing to learn within the company and then it becomes a training ground. It helps internal audit, it helps the company, and it's just perpetuating this really good culture. Um, so that would be another thing, but that kind of ties in with this growth mindset. But um, I think uh, for me, besides just having that curiosity, I think reading and being a reader is, and not just in professional, but including your professional um, development for sure would be just kind of having a list of books that you're reading. Uh, you, you know, maybe you've got a, a shelf of, of books that you're working through. And the, like I said, it, it depends on your mood or whatever. You could be reading something, you know, in your religion or you'd be reading something, just a novel or whatever. But I think just reading and keeping your mind sharp in that way is another aspect to this, but certainly professional development reading. Um, yeah, there's not as many books on intro audit, as we've said in our profession as some other, you know, the CDO books or whatever, but there are books and there are people like you, Trent, that are helping to have us, you know, have more of a, a resource. And what's the, like it. there's more books that are getting developed and there's more podcasts and things. So just like getting into that stuff and constantly growing, there's a lot of opportunity for that. But I would say just like having a list of things that you're reading and work through them. And, um, but besides that curiosity and reading, I think certifications, um, is another area where um, can add a lot of value. So I've got, I got the CPA because I did public accounting for a while. Um, and then I got the certified information systems auditor. And then I got the, uh, uh, certified in risk management assurance. And I did the CTP, this certified treasury professional, but I don't maintain that one. And I'm not saying this to brag. I'm just saying like, that's another area of, um, I'm getting too old for any more certifications though. <laughs> certifications certainly do help, um, not only like make your resume look better, but I just, you know, the knowledge that you get from studying for those certifications and testing and all that, uh, I think certainly adds value. The more that you know, um, professionally, 
it helps with confidence as well. Um, so those are some other things that I've done over the years. And like I said, I'm getting too old to keep doing certifications, but it's, uh, cause it's harder the older you get anyway. Yeah. I remember when I was interviewing just out of college and somebody asked me, somebody during the interview said something about a master's program or something like, yeah, we'll sponsor it or something like that. And they said, if you do it though, do it immediately don't wait because they're like even after a year you kind of lose the study habits almost or like the want yeah. to or the need to um yeah. so i can empathize with that on the book front sure. i thought and this is because i wrapped it up two nights ago so in the mornings i read data books and audit books and yeah. at night in bed to help go to sleep i read fiction okay there you go yep I just finished 1984 two nights ago and it terrified me. And so I would recommend not reading that necessarily, uh, before you go to bed or, uh, Stephen King or anything else you might have nightmares. I absolutely did. And it was terrifying. Um, is, all right. 1984, is 1984 a little too close to reality or starting to get there? Yeah. Feels like it. Yeah. Also the whole rat thing was not cool. I'm not super scared of them, but. The way they describe that that part of the book, not a fan. Um, but anyway, to kind of wrap up the show, if there was one takeaway from everything that we talked about that you want to leave the audience with, what would that be? Yeah, I would say I like that the growth mindset. You know, just that curiosity because it's a, that mindset of just being excited about going to work every day because you get to learn. You know, there's some careers that are. Um, not stimulating and you know you we have the privilege and the blessing to be able to be in a job that stimulates our minds and enables us to see a lot of different things a lot of different people and it's an exciting exciting field to be in so um i think that just coming into work with that kind of mindset on a daily basis can can go a long way uh to, to furthering your not only your career but our profession and um so that's that's what I would my little nugget of wisdom I guess hey everyone thank you very much for listening to this episode of the audit podcast whatever platform you're listening on right now I'm sure there's a subscribe button somewhere so please hit the subscribe button there if you're listening through iTunes or Spotify feel free to go give us that five star rating it only took me about 16 seconds to give myself a five star review and it really helps to get future guests to come on the show so we'd really appreciate that lastly be sure to check out the show notes and follow us on all our social media channels on Instagram on LinkedIn and on TikTok also if interested please sign up for our weekly newsletter from the audit podcast thank you all have a great one Thank you.